Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. This is Dylan. On the, it's, this is a special Christmas treat for me. It's just a few days before Christmas, and I'm connected with uh, one of the comic book men from ABC, not ABC's, AMC's comic book men, Mr. Ming Chang. How are you today? What's up, everybody? I'm doing great. How are you, Dylan? I'm doing good. I'm on Christmas break. Just got done with work this afternoon, and just ready to play for for a week and a half. All right, freedom. Freedom. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I want to start at the beginning with you or start current and work backwards. Do you have a preference? I I don't have a preference. You start wherever you uh you start wherever you want to start. Somewhere we'll all meet in the middle. Okay, uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, well, late beginning. Um, you first connected with Kevin, building a a clerk's website that he became aware of. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I saw the movie Clerks, uh, became a very huge fan of it. And uh, I was learning how to build websites at the time. So I channeled my fandom and uh, all that crazy creative energy that all we geeks have into creating a fan website. And uh, yeah, it worked out for me. Um, I put it out there in the world. And uh, a couple months later, he, he ended up seeing it and giving me a call. He was like, hey, man. I like what you did that website. Can you can you do more of these? Can you make more of these web websites? Uh, he he had barely knew what the internet was at the at that time. Somebody showed it to him, but he uh, he knew he was going to make more movies, and uh, he wanted to establish a firm online presence. And this was back in 1996, so he was way ahead of its time. Yeah, back, um, that's back when the internet was just barely very barely percolating for, yeah. for the public. Now, with Clerks, what was your, your experience um, of first seeing it? Was it in theaters, on VHS? Mine was VHS. I lived next door to some hippies who introduced me to it, and it, um, my love of movies kind of just really exploded from there. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Jeez, man, I don't know anybody who went to see it in theaters. I think uh, the black and white aspect of it turned a lot of people off. Uh, back then in 94, 95, Black and white movies were reserved for art films, and uh, you know you shot in black and white uh, because it was an artistic decision. Uh, except in Kevin's case, it was a financial decision. He could only afford black and white film stock, so um, I uh, I didn't see it in theaters. I was actually working at a video store at the time, and uh, the day it came in, I had heard it was funny. I'd heard somebody mention that it was hilarious, and I was dating a girl from uh, that same part of New Jersey at the time that they shot it in, so. That intrigued me. So after it, uh, when it came out on VHS, uh, while I was working at the video store, I was uh, I was the first one to check it out. Um, I didn't even put it in the system. I ended up taking <laughs> it home. That yeah, I, ba I barely stole it for a night, basically, and uh, I ended up watching it that night. And I, I was uh, yeah, I was blown away. And it, it, it's weird um, how you know a low budget movie shot in New Jersey with a bunch of foul language basically ended up changing my life forever. It, it's changed lots of lives. It, yeah. Look at his career over the years. Um, so after after the clerk's website, what what other uh, websites did he have you uh, uh, working on? Uh, he wanted one for his whole production company, his uh, View Screw Productions. So he's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I just um, just finished Mallrats. You may or may not have seen it. Didn't do very well. Um, and uh, but I'm going to keep going. I have a whole bunch of movies I still want to make." And uh, right after I met him, he went to production on Chasing Amy. He was uh, and he was like, "Hey, remember that movie Dogma that I threatened to make at the end of Clerks? Like, I'm going to be doing that too for real." 
And uh, yeah, he, he had a whole bunch of bunch of movies that he was lined up to make. And uh, so I, I ended up doing a whole company for his uh, a whole website for his production company. So I encompassed all of those movies. And uh, yeah, pretty much almost the next day uh, after uh, he emailed me and called me, he uh, he called me and then I, I talked to him on the phone. Then he emailed me a whole list of things that he wanted for the site. And then um, yeah, almost the next day he FedExed me a whole box of uh, uh, you know unseen photos and awesome. uh, uh, all kind yeah all kinds of stuff that um, you know the average fan wouldn't have seen. And uh, he was like, hey, throw this up online, and I did. So that was pretty cool. It's always great when a client knows exactly what they want and they actually have the content yeah <laughs> it's as a designer and a web builder it's it's one of the most annoying things is when they have nothing oh, yeah. for you yeah for sure <laughs> for sure um but yeah he had a yeah he wrote me a lot up a, a list of i think 10 like eight to ten things that he wanted he wanted to see on a website and uh i got them all done for him but the uh uh, yeah, it, um, I didn't. Even, I don't even know if I even asked for him. Like the next day, a FedEx box showed up, and uh, you know, inside were black and white stills from Clerks, um, and uh, stuff from like the Cannes Film Festival. There's a brochure. Yeah, all kinds of stuff that the normal fan wouldn't have had access to. So um, it was cool that I got to be the one to spread that out into the world. Did you have to give it back, or did you get to keep some I, of it? I think I think I kept most of it. I think there are a couple still images that he wanted back. Um, they, yeah, like the, the the digital cameras weren't really prevalent then, yeah. and uh, everything was still you know tangible photographs. So I think some some I had to send back, but most, the majority of it I got to keep. It was cool. I still have it. Is anything on display at the the stash from what he sent you? Or oh, well, I mean, if you go to the store, it's a whole museum with uh, yeah. uh, props from all the movies. So um, yeah, I think I may have donated one or two things to the uh, the, the museum. <laughs> Speaking of the stash, I went to the opening of the the West Coast one when it opened. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Four, Fourteen years ago, were, were you there that day? I wasn't there. I think I had just uh, what was it, two thousand five? I believe somewhere around there. And uh, I just had my first kid, so I couldn't make it out there. But uh, I remember, yeah, I remember the stories. It was uh, it was it was a pretty big event. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. The line was around the block, and it was my first time meeting Kevin, and I I couldn't talk. My wife had to jump in and say he would like a picture. <laughs> I, d I just couldn't talk. Well, Kevin can talk for you, so oh, yes. uh, and, and pretty I, good at that. And the numerous times that I've met him since, I've been able to I, – I can speak clearly now. With oh, him. right on. Yeah, he was just here in Salt Lake uh, last week. He did a couple of nights. Uh, he did an evening with Kevin Smith, and then he did uh, uh, Hollywood Babylon, which was fun to see that in person. Yeah, Hollywood Battle's a great, such a great show live. Um, you know, they've got AV. There's a, uh, there's, there's a, uh, yeah, there's just audio visual, and then I just love uh, how it also works as an audio only podcast as well. It's pretty, pretty amazing. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know if you went to the Evening With show. Uh, I who know, I don't know how long he went, but um, probably went quite a while. I, I imagine uh, he went over on the first night. He did a little better the second night. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Yeah, hey, that's what he's good at. That's what you're paying for. Yeah. So, so from uh, the websites to um, the stash, d did you did you start working at the stash before the show, or? Yeah, I uh, I ended up um, moving to New Jersey full time in uh, 2002, and uh, the store opened in '97. So, uh, it's sort of been pretty firmly established by then. 
Uh, yeah, when I first came up here, uh, yeah, I did a, I did, I did more more stuff for the website. I've got everything online was the big thing that uh, that I got done for the store. Um, you know, store wise, I got everything onto an online store. Uh, but yeah, I would go I would go down and bug Walt every so often down at the the retail store, and then uh, yeah, I ended up ended up spending a lot more time down there. And uh, yeah, I got really got into uh, you know hockey, the New Jersey Devils, and then uh, comic books as well. Um, that was uh, that, that was a, that was a big thing. It was nice. It's nice to be able to go into a comic book store and, and read stuff on the rack and then be able to put it back. So without without charge, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's always nice. Um, what was your experience um, uh, working at the store pre pre the show and you know while while the show was in production? Um, was I don't, it wasn't wasn't too much different. I think after the show, of course, uh, more people want your picture. But uh, even before. I was kind of known as a guy who ran Kevin's website, you know, and uh, I, I set a lot of those events in motion as well. So, uh, you know, I, I would get people who hung out. We had a message. We had a pretty heavily trafficked message board on the website. So um, I was able to interact with uh, a lot of Kevin's fans that way as well. So it wasn't too much different. There's just, you know, there's just more of it now, I guess. So, um, but yeah, you know, I'm still getting made fun of. I'm still, you know, Walt's still <laughs> shaking his head at me. Uh, you know, there are moments of uh, exasperation and frustration. It, it hasn't really changed all that much. Uh-huh. It, uh, yeah, all that all that stuff you see on screen is pretty much what happens on a daily basis, anyways. That's what I figured. Are, are you still wor- working there at all? There, uh, yeah, I, I'm there. I don't have to be there all the time. So uh, I'm actually spending uh, more time at the podcast studio that me and Mike have built post show called uh, a Shared Universe Podcast Studio, where uh, we um, we welcome podcasters and teach people to podcast and tra- just we're trying to get everybody to do what we do just start start it start a podcast uh i think i i you know we blame kevin kevin's the one who kind of uh spearheaded all of that um it's all his fault that there are so many po- podcasts <laughs> but uh i i think god man i think it's so much fun i think podcasting is uh is an amazing form of communication and entertainment and therapy and uh, and it's just fun. So I want everyone to have this much fun. I've had so much fun doing this. I've met so many you know, creative people, artists, um, actors, comedians. Yeah. The la- uh, last episode we had an exotic dancer on, which was kind of eye-opening. How you know <laughs> things affect her. Yeah. It, it's just it's just been a really interesting journey. And then man, they're just great stories. And uh, yeah, we. It's one thing to tell a story and, you know, have it kind of go out into the ether, but to record it and spread it out to the world and kind of have it preserved forever, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I completely agree. So uh, the pod, this podcast studio, um, yes. what was the genesis behind it? Uh, the genesis was actually, uh, so me and Mike have been podcasting for eight years. Uh, we've had a couple of podcasts. One is called I Sell Comics, which is about comics and pop culture. And uh, we talk about the weekly comic book releases, um, so that's a that's a nice kind of built-in weekly show that we're we're uh, you know uh, usually able to record weekly. And then uh, uh, somewhere along that line, uh, you know, we started talking about our convention travels, and uh, uh, some people got mad that we weren't talking about comic books enough. So we started another show where we would talk about uh, pretty much anything we wanted, uh, called the Ming and Mike Show, and. Uh, yeah, that delves into things like uh, Mike. Uh, Mike lost his house in a hurricane, so he's been spending the last six years rebuilding. So you know, we talk about things like that. Um, we get into uh, you know a lot of trouble, into and out of a lot of trouble during our convention travels. 
we talk about that. Just whatever happens in our lives. So that uh, we got that. Uh, but you know, somewhere along the line, we started getting uh, a following. People started listening to our podcast, and uh, people would either come in the store or uh, stop us at comic cons, comic book conventions, and uh, they're like, "Hey, uh, we you know we we listen to your podcast. We love your podcast." How do I start my own? Do you have any advice for me? And, uh, you know, we would give them like a 10 or 15 minute lesson on what kind of gear to buy and what kind of, you know, what, how the technology worked and how to get it up online on, on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. But it, it just wasn't enough. It just felt rushed. It felt like I wasn't able to give the whole a complete lesson on how to how to you know launch a podcast. So uh, somewhere along that line, we were kind of like, man, wouldn't it be great if we had a, a, like a, a studio and a place where people come down and um, people come podcast here weekly, you know, just kind of like, just like we do. And uh, wouldn't it be cool if we could teach classes and just get people up and, and, and discovering how fun that this medium that we love so much, it just how fun that is. So uh, yeah, finally uh, I am, you know, got off our butts and uh, opened this place up and uh, we started, we've all, we've been going for about a year now. We started a uh, uh, beginning of, of this year. And it's been going pretty well. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. You you um, do Facebook lives when you have uh, shows in the studio, uh, and those are really interesting to see. Yeah, and you'll you'll see an endless string of them. And uh, yeah, almost every show that we record in here, uh, I mean, we leave it as an option for everybody. If you want to Facebook live your while you're recording an audio podcast, uh, it just gives you another avenue to promote your show. So uh, I, I would say probably about seven out of ten people will come in here one of Facebook live their shows as well. It's been going pretty well. You had some a few months ago. It's where you and Mike were talking with, um, people, um, that were doing Ted talks. Yeah. 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 Ted, uh, yeah, there was a, a local Ted, um, uh, I don't want to call it an offshoot, just a, a local Ted talk here. TEDx. Uh, yeah. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. The TEDx. And, uh, they had originally wanted me and Mike to do one together. And uh, unfortunately, I was out of town. Um, you know, I uh, I was at a con. You know, not surprisingly, uh, I was like, Mike, take this one. Uh, they don't need both of us up there yet. Go, you're. Uh, you know, you've always wanted to do some some high end public speaking. So, uh, so uh, yeah, Mike. Um, Mike was one of the featured speakers. Uh, but I, I I met some of the organizers. I was like, hey, you know, have you ever thought about just launching uh, you know a podcast series where we interview all the people you've chosen to speak beforehand and you know we get their story yeah kind of get a connection to them and uh something that we can listen to before we see them uh at the ted talk um you know that would give us a little more in-depth uh um in-depth knowledge on them and maybe form a better connection with them as we're watching them on stage and uh yeah they kind of jumped at that chance so yeah the, the, the ted talks are great but you only get you get eight minutes on stage to tell your story and I think uh, you know they publish a little bio and the little handout pamphlet that they give you when you enter, and that's it. I'm like, why not have them come in for you know 20, 25 minutes and uh, talk about themselves and what drives them, what inspires them, and ultimately tell the audience why they should come and listen to your TED talk. And uh, yeah, we did. Jeez, man, I think we we did like 12 or 15 of them, and uh, I thought they went well, and I'm hoping we could do that uh, this year as well. And uh, Paulina, uh, how do you? Uh, I can't even. Portskova, Portskova. Yeah. I-, I wasn't meeting her. She she seems pretty cool. Music. I'm uh you know I'm a I'm a kid of the '80s, and uh, she was pretty much uh you know the one of the supermodels from the 1980s, yeah, <laughs> uh, '80s and early '90s. 
uh, featured numerous times in uh, you know the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, which was a pretty big thing back then, and uh, you know star of uh, many videos from the Cars, uh, you know the Drive video especially. So I was oh, yeah. I was a big fan of hers already, and uh, yeah they they uh, they pulled some strings and they asked her and she came in here and it was. It was pretty amazing. It was a, you know, it was a pretty, it was a highlight day in the history of the studio for sure. Uh, speaking of uh, celebrities that you've been able to meet, uh, uh, to meet during um, the Comic Book Man show, you've had numerous uh, heroes: Stanley, uh, Lou, yeah, yeah, Adam West, Kevin Eastman, uh, you know, Peter Mayhew, Billy D. Williams, uh, <laughs> Neil Adams, uh, Jim Lee. Yeah, the list goes on and on. We've had some really, really cool people in here: Ralph Macchio. Method Man. Um, I mean, that, and those are just a handful off of a couple seasons. So, yeah, a, we've had pretty cool people in here. You have a personal favorite? That I, I mean, it's got to be Stan Lee. He yeah. came in twice, and uh, yeah, he's just uh, he's uh, he's as cool as he comes off of. Uh, you know, whether you see him in a in a cameo or in an interview, or you've met him at Comic Con, he was uh, you know he's that cool in real life to us as well. Uh, created many of my very personal favorite properties. And uh, yeah, just basically changed changed a lot of lives, but changed my life uh, for the better for sure. So he, uh, yeah, I got to put him right at the top of the list. Um, speaking of Stan, uh, do you have a favorite cameo from the Marvel <laughs> movies? I think um, it's either got to be the first Iron Man, where uh, you know he's uh, they call it, he's half he's Hugh Hefner. Yeah, <laughs> I also love his uh, I also love his cameo in Deadpool, where he's the strip club DJ. Um, I think both those are actually very reflective of, of his real life personality. Uh, he was uh, he was very much the ladies' man for sure. I like the FedEx. That man. was great too. The Tony Stank. Stank. Tony Stank. That was great too. Uh, partially because of Don Cheadle's, uh, you know, response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. So um, absolutely. Uh, Convention-wise, you said you had you've had some great stories. Can you share a short one with us? I I well, it's just crazy. You know, you go to a convention uh, when you're invited as guest. Uh, it's pretty cool because you get to kind of hang out with all the other guests. Um, you know, when you're not at your table. So, yeah, eventually you wind up in a big room, and uh, sometimes you look around and it's like, all right, you, you see, you know, in one corner there's Adam West talking to you know Mark Hamill talking to Jason Momoa. And often in other corners, you know, uh, you know, uh, Lindsay Wagner with, uh, um, you know, uh, Sophie Turner talking, to, you know, it, it's the, it's like a geeks. Um, it's, it's like the ultimate cocktail party for geeks, yeah. I guess. It's kind of like if I went to heaven and I woke up, uh, you know, this is the party that I would want to be at, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I, I've gotten to meet some pretty cool people, um, from my, from my past, from my current favorite movies and TV shows, creators, uh, just people who have really, really influenced my life. So um, that's cool. Yeah, and, and occasionally you get, you'll get lucky. You'll get a con that features, uh, you know, like an Aliens reunion. And they'll get all the cast members from James Cameron's Aliens together. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll wind up in a group shot with them. Yeah, things like that. It's, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool place to be. Uh, Salt Lake Comic Con, well, formerly Salt Lake Comic Con Fan X. You yeah. guys, you guys were almost booked here. I guess you guys had that. Oh, killed me. Um, so uh, we were we were booked one year, uh, almost went, and then we got the last second word that uh, we had to shoot with Elvira, and that was the only day she could do it. Was the Saturday, the big Saturday of Salt Lake City Comic Con, and you know I tried to I tried to make it work, but um, 
ultimately, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a worthy sacrifice. I love Elvira. We, we got some, she was great on the show and, uh, you know, we're, you know, the show comes first, but it did kill me that I was not able to go to Salt Lake city comic con. I was really, really looking forward to going there. Um, you know, Dan, Dan Farr and, um, the, uh, the promoter is a great guy. I met him, uh, at a couple of conventions before. And, uh, I think he liked me as well and, and ended up inviting us. And I really wanted to see what his show was all about and how he ran things and, uh, you know, where his fandom lied. And I uh, hope I can make it someday soon. I really do. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put a bug in his ear. Cause yeah, that would be amazing. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he really is a great guy. He loves fandom and, he runs a hell of a con, and I just I would love to experience it one day. I met him just before the first con, and he, he's just this kind of quiet, humble guy, and, and and he's still that way. You know, sometimes success like this can change people, but he's oh sure, yeah, absolutely. But he, he's remained the same. Yeah. Um, before we got before we started recording, we were talking about Funkos. I just I just got a new one, a birthday, another yeah. birthday, a Christmas present from a a coworker. Um. You're a pop, actually, a, a few times over. What, what, what is that like? That's got to be surreal. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm able to officially, you know, tell people, uh, um, yeah, that I not only have one pop figure of me, but two. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, as a as a big time toy collector, um, starting from my youth up until today, up until now, uh, I think your one goal in life is to have uh, a toy made of yourself. First of all. And if that toy can be made by uh, one of the hottest toy companies out there right now and for the foreseeable future and probably forever, that's pretty cool. But I think as a toy collector, uh, what you really want to see is the actual toy itself, but you want to see the packaging. The professional packaging is what really blew me away. Like I had my name on it. I had a picture of me on it. I had a picture of the secret stash on it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. And um, yeah, I think this I, – I, 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 I love Funko before and I love him even more now. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's a it's a pretty amazing feeling to have your own Funko Pop figure for sure. And you and Kevin yep. and a couple of the other guys were there for the opening of the the HQ store. Yeah, very very lucky. I know there there were probably a million people who would have killed to be there, and uh, we were not only able to be there for the opening, but they they featured it on an episode of Comic Book Men. So and yeah, it's pretty pretty. And you guys get got to go behind the scenes and check some things out that way. What was what was that like? Oh yeah, I got to see the you know the inner workings of the office. Uh, you know, normally you don't get to see the 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 uh, the top four floors above the retail store. So uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I've I've seen uh, yeah I've seen a lot of the behind the scenes. Uh, you know, the, the storage and the warehousing, the shipping, uh, the design, the you know the the hardworking designers that work at Funko, uh, prototypes. Uh, and I got, you know, I got to see the C- CEO's uh, office, uh, you know, um, Brian, uh, Brian Mariotti's office uh, is pretty, is pretty amazing. It's a place that not a lot of people get to see. I think you get to see it in the Making Fun documentary, um, the story of uh, the, the story of Funko, which is on Netflix right now. It's um, pretty cool. Yeah, got to hang out there. And uh, it, it's cool. You know, um, most corporations out there even toy companies the guy at the top could care less about toys or care they're they're focused on making money but brian is uh brian um he's uh him and uh you know the former ceo mike they're focused on fun they'll uh they're fans they love they love toys they love fandom they love properties uh they love cartoons they love sitting in front of cartoons of the big bowl of cereal on saturday morning so 
Uh, what I love about Funko is, uh, you know, if there's a fandom out there, uh, no matter how obscure they and they can make it worth producing, they'll make a pop figure on, on pretty much anything. Um, as long as there's a fandom out there for it, that will that will buy it and treasure it and love it. And that's what I love about them. So, uh, yeah, I got to kind of see all of that. Besides your own, do you have a have a favorite Funko? Man, that's a hard decision. Uh, there's a notorious B.I.G. one that I picked up at New York Comic Con that I'm a big fan of. Uh, there are several Bruce Lee variants that I really love um, from Game of Death, from Enter the Dragon, that are uh, that are pretty cool. Um, there's a there's an oversized Thanos one that I'm a big fan of. Oh yeah, that's a nice one. Uh, all the Twin Peaks ones I'm a bit, I, I think are are pretty amazing. It's just uh, to me it was so unlikely that they would come out with Twin Peaks anything. You know, it's a TV yeah. show center, <laughs> a, a dead a dead girl named Laura Palmer, and then they came with a dead Laura Palmer pop pop figure. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was pretty cool all as well. Wrapped, all wrapped up. Yeah, um, yeah I, man, I have many favorites. I have a couple of the Chrome Batmans uh, that are uh, kind of exclusives. Um, I have a couple of the Conan O'Brien figures that they did, which are pretty cool. Oh, so nice. yeah, I'm, uh, I uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of favorites. It's really hard to pick. It's really even hard to pick like ten of them. Yeah, I I, I recently got the Wreck It Ralph for the new movie, and he's yeah. just huge. That's a good one. Uh, Braveheart. Braveheart's my favorite movie, so I had to get that one. Um, Bob Ross, of course. Mister Rogers. Yeah. Uh, he- Heisenberg. Mojo Jojo. It's just like you know, y- you think you- you've hit your limit, and then they make an announcement. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, my new fair, I recently got the Lost Boys ones, and oh, nice. uh, those are ones that I've been kind of asking for for a while, actually. So, uh, yeah, that worked out. <laughs> that worked out. Next ones I want are uh, the Point Break ones, and I hope they come out with those. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, there's some coming up uh, that I, re- I really want. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Um, yeah, and th- yeah, this year they released the Die Hard ones, which uh, I'm trying to get as well. So those are the ones I'm on the hunt for. Officially a Christmas movie now. Fox released oh, yeah. the trailer. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh uh, speaking of side projects that you've been uh, involved in and that have been part of the show is uh, Shooting Clerks, the Kevin Smith biopic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been in contact with the producer a little bit, trying to get him on uh, on the podcast. Um, but you guys saw a screening of it. How, how is it? Uh, it was great. And uh, we got to, the first time I got to see it, I actually watched it with Kevin and his family um, in the theater. Uh, so that was a special ex- uh, experience. Uh, yeah, he... Um, he he was he was touched. He was moved. He uh, he, he cried multiple times during the movie. Uh, uh, watching the movie, you know, about the making clerks in his life. Uh, yeah, when I first heard about it, I was like, "What what nut is making a, a movie about the making of clerks and casting guys to play? You know, who you're going to cast a guy to play Kevin Smith and Brian O'Halloran?" And then uh, yeah, so I, I at first I thought it was some kind of wacky student film or something um but then you know i learned the scouts from scotland which is even crazier but uh yeah you know one day the, the, he came in shot some scenes with me and mike um and walt and then later on uh you know brian finally broke down and decided he wanted to be in as well so <laughs> they shot his scenes later but uh, yeah i thought those guys uh those guys over at old reeky medium did a really great job so um and i i, I hope they do more i, I i'm i'm hearing rumors that uh, uh um a shooting mall rats or shooting chasing Amy is up next. Oh, cool. That's what um, I hear. Yeah. I'm hopefully they, hopefully they can get it in wide distribution. So a lot of people can see yeah. it. Yeah. I hope so too. 
Now, I've got a couple, uh, before I jump into our bonus questions, um, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like like to share with people? Uh, let's see. Well, I think I told you about the podcast studio, which is open to everybody. Um, oh, we're yeah. pretty much right down the street from the comic book store. So if you're coming to visit the store, uh, yeah, book a session, come podcast with me. Um, especially if you've been thinking about doing it and you just need that extra push to actually do it. Uh, we'll give you that push. But if you have a podcast already, it should be a no brainer that you come down and podcast from here. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then, uh, for anybody in the Houston area, I partnered in a, uh, 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 coffee and gaming shop down there called Coral Sword, um, which is pretty amazing. So uh, we've combined uh, coffee, beer and wine, uh, board gaming, video gaming, card-based gaming, uh, and there's a pretty sweet streaming and podcast studio in the back that you can rent out. So um, yeah, definitely go check that out. Uh, I've, I've, uh, you know, I, I've become involved in a place that I kind of would have built myself. So uh, yeah, check that out if you're anywhere near the Houston area. And uh, yeah, beyond that, yeah, I think that's pretty. Uh, I'll, I'll, if you're going to a Comic Con, I'll probably most likely be there. So, uh, you know, like come and come and hang out with me. And hopefully here in Salt Lake soon. Uh, yeah, working on it, working on it. Uh, yeah, next place I go to is uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, for the Albuquerque Comic Con. Great, great show. Well, that, so definitely for that, that. That's close to Utah. Cl- yeah, well, closer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, touching on conventions again, I, I've seen at some of the conventions you guys kind of set up a shared universe, like podcasting area. Yeah. Yeah, my my dream is, uh, you know, if you've been to a Comic Con, uh, you know, they have the guests, but they have a a a row of booths called Artist Alley, where all the artists hang out, right. go commission art, and meet some of your favorite artists. My my goal, my dream is for every Comic Con out there to start a podcast alley, where podcasters come out, um, you know, they get their own table and they they sit there and they pod they can podcast uh, during the whole con, so they can chat with other artists, other vendors, uh, other uh, attendees, cosplayers. And the ultimate goal is to have it where, uh, you know, a special guest of the con, say a Mark Hamill or, or, or Jason Momoa, will come down to Podcast Alley and spend five to ten minutes with each podcaster that is in the alley and give them some content. But at the same time, promote his projects as well. So, um, I, yeah, I think, I think it's a slam dunk. I think it's a great oh, yeah, idea. Be awesome. It's just, uh, you know, we're just trying to spearhead this now. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that a shared universe can, uh, you know, be, you know, the, uh, the lead uh, producer of these podcast alleys. So any cons out there listening, uh, who think this want to get ahead of the game and agree that this is an amazing idea. Uh, I will set this up for you. I'll talk to Dan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll get that in his ear. Okay. Not only that, I'll have a table next to you podcasting for sure. There we go. I'm, I'm game for that. Okay. Bonus question time. Yes. Who is your favorite Muppet and why? Oh man. I, man, that's a great question. I, most people say animal. He's kind of crazy. A lot of people are more guns. I think I'm, a, I'm more of a Fozzie bear though. Just the uh, guy who tries to be funny all the time and maybe doesn't succeed a hundred percent of the time, but no matter what, no matter how bad his jokes are, he keeps going. Yep. Gotta keep, keep on fighting. Yeah. Okay. In the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? Uh, I, I would, in the past, I would have said, uh, probably Jet Li would probably have been the closest. He's a little older now, I think. So uh, I I might have to. I don't even know the guy's name. The guy who played the lead in the the movie The Raid would be a good <laughs> would be pretty cool. Um, uh, John Cho from the Star Trek movies uh, or the American Pie movies. Okay. Although he's probably quite a bit taller than me. You know, I uh, I would I would probably call up uh, Stephen Yen from um, Walking Dead. 
we're both uh, we're both from Michigan. Uh, we've both been on AMC feature, you know, agents featured on AMC, and uh, yeah, you know, we're I, I would I would call him. I think he would do a great job. He's prettier than I am. He's got <laughs> I think he's got so yeah. I would uh, yeah, Stephen, if you're out there, uh, you you you've got the role. You won the role. That that's another good podcast idea. Asians on AMC. Yeah. Well, it will pretty much two of us, so <laughs> not many on. <laughs> yeah. Well, where can everybody find uh, um, all your projects online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook uh, at Mingchen37, M-I-N-G-C-H-E-N 37. Uh, Coral Sword is in Houston. Uh, you can find that on Facebook and Instagram, just like it sounds coral, like the, the sea, coral, and sword, like the sword. It's the it's the infamous weapon from the Final Fantasy series. And then uh, our podcast uh, studios at, at uh, A Shared Universe or at uh, ashareduniverse.com. Definitely check that out. I look forward to podcast. Oh, I love that I podcasted with you. The goal is now to get you here in studio where we can do a face-to-face. And uh, I'm hoping everybody else comes down. I want to podcast with everybody. Yeah, I would love to come to Red Bank and, you know, go to Leonardo too to check out the store. And, yeah. If, if I can ever make it out there, definitely. Yeah, sure. That'd be amazing. Because if you come here, I have to come to you. It's only yeah. fair. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I'll see you here soon, my friend. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, Ming. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. That was awesome. Happy holidays. Have a great weekend. The podcast is done, man. <laughs>